It's Thursday the 30th of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Dan McHugh and I'm joined by the one and only Shane Lee. G'day, mate. How are you, Dan? I'm pretty good. I'm looking forward to lunch with Lee today. What's happening there again? Well, today we're at the Mossman Rowing Club once again. Uh, we're going to be hosted by them for lunch, but uh, really good show today. I've got... Um the Channel 9 newsreader, Peter Overton, coming on. And uh, I met Peter years ago. He loves his sport. And uh, so I'll be sort of asking him a lot of questions about the news and what's going on in the current affairs. And he's going to be joined by a guy who I have a, a real affection for, a guy called David Colley, um, David Fox Colley, who played cricket for Australia back in the 70s. Um, opened the bowling with uh, Dennis Lilly on an Ashes tour. Um, he played for Mossman, worked in advertising like I did, and he's got some funny stories. Actually worked for Kerry Packer as well. So... Uh, there's a bit of a link there with Channel 9 with Peter Overton, so it should be a really good lunch. Speaking of Channel 9 links, I used to work at Channel 9, okay. and you know the thing about Peter Overton is when he comes into the building, he says hello to every single person. Wow. He knows every single person's name, and he remembers stuff about your family. It's amazing how much that man can remember. I better start doing a bit of research then, Dan. <laughs> All right, today on the show we'll be talking the usual suspects, NRL, AFL, some world game. We'll also throw in some cricket and Olympics. Hey, Stephen Ferris here, one half of Fire Up. I'm here with the great Chris Gale, the other half of Fire Up. And Stephen, we've had a lot of fun with rugby league over the years, but with the way the concussions and HIAs are going, I give the game about five years. It's looking dark and gloomy, Chris. So you may as well come and tune into the Fire Up podcast now and listen to the last days of rugby league. Because we see the little stuff. It's a soap opera and you're going to love it. Find Fire Up on any podcast app. So, having a look at the cricket chain, this 19-year-old batting sensation, Phoebe Litchfield, has been named in Australia's squad for an Ashes showdown with England in June. She has. Her name's Phoebe Litchfield, and uh, she's 19 years of age now, but she has been earmarked, not only by the Australian team, um, but all the batting companies, the Kookaburras of the world, etc., Grey Nicks, have been after her from, from the age of 14. Oh, wow. She's a bit of a batting... Yeah, a bit of a batting prodigy. So she's played two games currently for the Australian team in the ODIs, uh, the one-day format, and got back-to-back 50s. And now she's earmarked for the Ashes. Um, yeah, so she's uh, she's really uh, just come straight in that team and performed straight away. She looks really good. She reminds me um, a female version of Michael Bevan. Um, really fluent left-hander. Um, I think she's a better bloke than Michael Bevan. But, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but um, but uh, I, I think she's a real talent and uh, a superstar of the future. What sort of age do people normally make it into the Australian squad? I mean, you were 25, is that right? No, I was 22 when I got picked firstly for Australia. Ricky Ponting was, um, I think Ricky Ponting was 19. Michael Clark, 18 or 19 as well. Um, both pretty young, so um, yeah. For to get in at nineteen, she's uh, she's way ahead of her time. Uh, but to come in and score back to back fifty straight away against Pakistan was an amazing feat in itself, amazing. and uh, she's going to go from strength to strength. So, I was actually whilst researching this earlier, I was thinking, oh, the Olympics are ages away, but it's next year, twenty twenty four. I can't believe how quick it is. Yeah, and so there's all these stories popping up, of course. Peter Bowl, Sport Integrity Australia and the Government Laboratory have been accused of botching the middle distance runners anti-doping sample after two independent labs cleared Peter Bowl of using synthetic EPO. Yeah, I feel for this guy. Um, it, it'd be horrible, particularly if you've done nothing wrong. Uh, when his sample A went out, it showed some traces of the synthetic um, uh, EPO. Uh, the sample B showed none. So he was then cleared and allowed to go back. But for some reason, they keep 
this ongoing investigation into him to where he's had to send independent samples himself to uh, sorry samples himself to independent labs um, to get them reviewed they've all come back with with nothing in them as well and he's now saying and his lawyers saying that this continued investigation is now tarnishing his reputation yeah so it's uh, it's an ugly thing here and and as an athlete um, you know your reputation is everything because you only have a certain amount of time to perform due to your age and it comes around every four years. But then you want to be getting the commercial endorsements. It's going to be really, really hard for him to get this with this sort of tag on his back now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this story goes. Um, yeah. Still talking Olympics, Australian swimming superstar Ariane Titmus has seen her 400-metre world record smashed by emerging Canadian star Summer McIntosh. Yeah, Summer McIntosh, she's a Canadian. Uh, look out, Australian swimming girls. Uh, she's coming for us. She absolutely smashed her 400-metre record by uh, 0.32 seconds. Doesn't sound like much, but that's a lot in swimming. Um, yeah, and and McIntosh came fourth at the 2021 Olympic Games uh, in the 400 metres as a 14-year-old. So we're just talking about Phoebe Litchfield being identified at 14. Well, she came fourth, uh, and now she is just uh, smashing the world records. She's on track. She's the one definitely to chase. And she's also last month ended Katie Ledecky's nine-year home pool winning streak in the 200-metre race. So she's a 200-metre, 400-metre specialist. Um, I don't know if she's in the 100, but... Uh, yeah, the Australian girls have some work to do because this girl is setting the, the pace now. Having a quick look at the world game, football great Lionel Messi has become the third player ever to score 100 international goals. Amazing. Over 17 years. and now It's massive. And now at 35 years of age, he reached the 100 with his, listen to this, his seventh hat-trick for Argentina. <laughs> wow. Amazing. 100 goals and uh, what a superstar. It was always it was always touted, was he the, one, the best player in the world? And... Um, I think winning that last World Cup and now scoring 100 goals, he's, uh, he's probably sitting there at number one, I think. Solidified, yeah. Yep. Stay with us because we'll be talking AFL, NRL and a little bit more after this. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Looking at the AFL, Shane, the yearly debate over whether the grand final should remain in its uh, afternoon 2.30pm slot or move later in the day to uh, improve the TV ratings. What'd you call me? A slot? This, d- <laughs> 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 this is a little bit more, Dan, we're talking about. No, they're, they're saying here that the grand final um, last year was held at the traditional time of 230 and this comes down to, and the two previous years prior to that, it was Twilight Grand Finals, um, and they do that for the TV ratings. The two thirty is that with tradition, people like to have their barbecues, kick off at you know around lunchtime, and, and go on often in the afternoon. But unfortunately, last year at two thirty, there was one million less viewers than the year before, two years before. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, money talks, doesn't it? And uh, we know what that would one million viewers that means a lot in advertising dollars. So I think people are just going to have to start their barbecues later. Yeah, but also I think people want to start their barbecues later because yeah, two thirty you you're busy taking the kids to sport and whatever else is going. Yeah, on. good point. Yep. Just gets in the way. Anyway, it Hawthorne does. coach Sam Mitchell has been given a warning 
been told to change his coaching style because it's an approach that apparently hasn't worked in 10 years. It hasn't. It's a very arrogant style. And, and David King pointed this out um, on one of the Fox shows uh, this week. And he was saying that the, the their, their approach of going straight down the corridor, trying to transition from the back 50 to the forward 50 in a direct way, it's resulted in no goals. And he's saying that to be able to play like that, you need to have superstars. And this team is rebuilding. Their players are inexperienced. And they don't have the skill set yet to be able to do that. But he's also saying that this tactic in the AFL hasn't really worked for the last 10 years. Um, people worked out that they had to, had to shut that down. And for some reason, Sam Mitchell's been very arrogant in his way to keep going and telling these young kids that's the way we're going to play. But they, as we saw against the Swans, they got beaten by 100 points. They should be beaten by 150. So they're calling it kamikaze tactics, Dan. <laughs> when I, all the articles on, on this say it's an arrogant approach, and I was trying to figure out is it is it just this tactic that they're picking on or is it is he actually you know maybe a little bit old school with the players do we know i uh, know it's it's more more the more the tactic they're talking about and um and just being really stubborn and i think as a coach um it's fine to say we're going to play this way but when it's not working you've got to have the ability to say okay yeah. we tried that let's try and, and adapt that approach don't have to turn it on its head but you got you got to if you keep getting beat by 100 points yeah doesn't matter. Your tactics are not, not working. Simple as that. So on the weekend, we saw the Blues finally, it could be their year, beat Geelong. Mm. Uh, do you reckon it is going to be a good year for Carlton? I think I think so. It's going to be a lot better year than last year. I think they'll, they'll be in the eight. I think, um, look, the Cats are in real trouble. They're, they're naught from two. Um, they play the Gold Coast this weekend, so they should finally get on the board. Um, but I think the Cats are taking way too many risks and uh, they're coughing up. Apparently seventy points per game due to sorry due to turnovers and um, and the hit rate, which means that once they kick the ball and it hits the chest and they uh, take the mark, is only at forty percent, down from fifty two percent last year. So they're in real trouble. But I think in in terms of the Blues, they're looking really good. They've got some really tall timber. Um, Kurnow is a superstar. They've got a really good midfield. Um, yeah, and they've got a good defensive line as well. So, yep. Don't dare to dream, Carlton. We'll just wait and see. I reckon Geelong are going to have an a, an easier game this weekend. Suns up for three mm. losses in a row. I yep. reckon. Yep. And also, yeah, your definitely. Swans play Melbourne on Sunday. I think that'll be a good game. It will be a good game. Um, interesting to see how we go in and around the ruck. They've got two great ruckmen playing for them. Um, but the Swans, uh, I think they're looking pretty good. I think the first game they're a little bit rusty. I thought they were good against the Hawks, but Melbourne will really test them. Um, the other game I'm looking forward to is, is Collingwood versus Richmond. I think Craig McRae's Collingwood Pies of the first two rounds, they are ranked number one across a number of statistics, uh, but particularly in their ball movement. So they should, I think, absolutely flog Richmond, I'd say. But the, the other other game, Dan, I'm looking forward to, and I wouldn't, probably wouldn't have said this, North Melbourne's finished last the last two years. They've won their first two. I think Hawthorne, who we just talked about before, I think they will come last. But I can't wait to watch this match because Alastair Clarkson, the former coach of the Hawks who was kicked out, he wants some revenge. <laughs> He's now coaching North Melbourne. He wants revenge, and I'm tipping here. Take your mouth guards, everyone. There's going to be an all-in punch-up in this game. I think the audience are going to love it because everyone hates Hawthorne at the moment. So yeah, great. they do. Yep, yep. Switching over to NRL, what are your thoughts on Joseph Suwa'ali'i moving to Rugby Union? Do you think, like Phil Gould stated, he should just go? 
<laughs> Where can Phil Gould talk? Phil Gould changes <laughs> bloody clubs more than the Deltones, you know? He's, 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 he's coming to let the door hit him on the ass on the way out. Come on, Gus, pull your head in. Like, you, mate, you've jumped from the Penrith, Penrith Panthers to the Bulldogs. You jump around all the time. You, you go and coach when you want. Um, but this kid's 19 years of age. He's been offered a $4.8 million three-year contract. You can't blame him for that. And he wants to play um, rugby union. Yeah. Good on him. Let him go. He's a good talent. Yeah, he's a great talent, and I think he will actually bring bring some excitement back to rugby union because they need some stars. Um, yes, I agree. The West Tigers preparing to offer Mitchell Pearce a two year deal worth one point five million dollars. Can he save the West Tigers? Oh, no, I don't think so. And he's under he's under a contract anyway. It's still two years with another potential third year option at the Catalan Dragons over there in France. So. Um, but look, Mitchell Pearce was released from his NRL contract in 2021 the drag, um, at Newcastle because he wasn't performing then. Um, he won a premiership in 2013. That's 10 years ago. Yeah. But now, if this rumour is half true and I have reached out to him, what does that now do to the you know, the Brooks of the world who, who I think is one of the issues personally, but uh, it's just not great for that team and how they're going to feel in around that camp after they keep losing. Bad year for the Tigers. Yeah. I don't think there's anything yep. that can save them. Um, nah. On the BTFU No Rules podcast that we recorded last mm-hmm. night, make sure you check it out on YouTube, Nat Wood said that he thinks we might see the Dragons beat the Dolphins this weekend. What do you think, Shane? Oh, mate, I'd like to see it. Um, my Dragons, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. They've got a couple of injuries. Um, the Dolphins, it's going to be close. I think it all depends on how the Dragons start. But knowing the way that Wayne um, Wayne Bennett coaches, he's just going to smother us and, and allow us to cough up the ball. Um, yeah, it's going to be a close one. But, ho- yep, I'm going to say Dragons by two points. There you go. I reckon the Dolphins have got more in them than people are giving them credit for. So yep. we'll see. On your flipper. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, Elite Bet, the only betting app you'll ever need. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then. Thanks, Dan. Afternoon Sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com.